Hey, welcome to the Tech and Egg Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Riverman. And I'm James Cordy. Hey, there we go. We got Cordy back in the, in the room Cordy. again. Yes. I, f- I feel like that's like not as exciting as it used to be anymore. I mean, we love having you. Right. It's just not like an event. Oh, it's lost some of its luster yeah. having you. This in? is like your yeah. sixth, seventh, eighth time yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. We made a big deal about like five or whatever that meant. Right, right. Is, but yeah, you're, just, you're just an unofficial co-host at this yes. point. Yeah. yeah. That just kind of wanders in from time we to time. We didn't even give him a jacket. You know, for coming on. We didn't. Right. It's all a Maybe sham. Maybe it's our Yeah, it's all a sham. It's our fault. <laughs> no. Uh. We tell all our guests, come back five times, you get a jacket. You get a, no. Never. There's no jacket. Like, never. Yeah, no one's out. No one else is going to come close anyway. Maybe Jody. Jody Costa. She's, we got her Jody, coming up again Sam, soon. So, yeah. Sam's getting Sam, there. Sam, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Sam's yep. probably been there almost yep. close to that. Yep. So, right. As our resident three. millennial. Yeah. Number three, Jody? Yes. Nice. I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah. there you go. Sneak peek. Wow. Isn't this a wonderful intro, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we when we shake things up and bring someone else in the studio. That's right, us. that's right. Hey, we're here to talk about Web3 today. Yes. And we're doing it because Cordy kind of threw a challenge out. This was sometime last year. You sent me a random email and said, hey, I think you guys should talk about this whole Web3 thing. Oh, okay. And so I kind of was I was like, kind of wondering where this came yeah, from. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. was like, okay, sure. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't really know much about it either, but I, I, I don't know anything look about at it. it. And I kind of threw it out there to some potential guests, you know, people that were like, we're not sure if what we want to talk about. Like, right. Hey, we got this Web3 thing. You want to talk about that? Not a soul. <laughs> piped up and said, yeah, I want to talk about that. Well, maybe that should have been a sign, but anyway. Maybe it right. should have. Yeah. So finally, uh, go ahead, Cordy. I just, I didn't foresee you throwing it back Well, at that's me. exactly, I, I yeah. I wanted to learn about Web3. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know your intent was, hey, you guys should talk about this because I want to know more. So finally got around and like, I want to do this because I, I think it's a cool topic. But I don't know who else should we – either it's just us talking about it, and I was like, well, Cordy, you asked about it, so let's bring you in and have you talk about Which it with us, too. Which might set so. a bad precedent. So anybody listening and watching, go ahead and send in your ideas. <laughs> yeah. John's not going to challenge you by fl- fl- flipping it back on you and saying, well, you tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, I just might drag you in and make you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're scared. You tell me. What do you want to hear about? I don't yeah, know. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, right, so that's so our topic. Three. We're yeah. going to talk about Web3. We're going to get into what it is. Talk about what Web 1 and 2 was, if you were unaware there's been three stages. It was, yeah. We'll explain that a little bit. Still in. We'll we'll talk about some of the the potential benefits, potential challenges. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it something that's even ever really going to happen? Right. Talk about what what it means for the internet as it currently exists, how it's related to blockchain and crypto, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if that makes you nervous or not, Mm -hmm. and do some predictions. And uh, as always, we'll figure out how does this tie to the channel in any way whatsoever. Is there any... A channel connection there. Oh, a channel connection. That ought to be interesting. Well, I mean, well, you know, I don't know if there is one. Yeah. That's that's what we're here to talk about. I already about, got a so. landmine that's going to blow this whole thing up. So. Oh, all right. So you're just going to just derail my entire podcast. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'll wait until the end. <laughs> all right. All that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's second to us? And Dean will blow up the podcast. Boom. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, so let's let's just get into this here. So yes. 
Uh, I can't. There's a couple articles I looked up when I was trying to find out, like, hey, yep. what, what is Web3? What, is Web3? what does yeah. it mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll throw those links into the show notes. One is from the Harvard Business Review, which I thought was the more thorough one. And then mm. Fortune kind of did one, or was it mm-hmm. Forbes? That, Forbes. That, yeah, they had kind of a yeah. little more of a layman's terms. Yeah. And, you know, to which it, I always as well. appreciate. Yeah, exactly. You've got to put this in my language. Because the, the, the Harvard Business Review one did go a little, yeah. a little deeper than I was willing to wrap yeah. my head around in some ways. But but the basic, I'm going to give you the very basic explanation here. So first of all, let's explain Web 1 and 2. So all Web right. 1 is the beginning of the Internet. Yes, yes. The old days, the grand days. GeoCities. Yeah, ARPANET. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Static. No, even before st- GeoCities, dude, you're like, yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah, that's, you're, that's this like, is like midway in, yeah. Taking the library, what is it, the Dewey Decimal, and yeah, putting it exactly. into some so form. Like, yeah. Static web pages. Yes. If, if you were around, you know, back in the beginning of the Internet, early days of maybe having the Internet at home or at school, Let's oh, say you're going home. Okay. Even like maybe you know mid '90s, mid to late '90s or so, when pretty much you just you just went and visited websites. That's For all sure. you did. You For just sure. went and checked out a website. You yep. could get some information. Yep. Wasn't much else you could really do yep. with it at that time. Right. Maybe you were doing chat. IRC stuff or whatever. But that you was were about, an early adopter. That was about it. You were doing crazy stuff back yeah, then. I had friends that were into yeah. it. So, yeah. so, so okay, so maybe you, maybe you were doing that. Yeah. Then, okay, so then let's go to Web 2. Web okay. 2 was the user-generated content, kind of, is kind of the idea. It's like a user web. It's usually called Web 2.0, as most people mm-hmm. typically refer to. Commenting. Yeah, exactly. Social media. Interactivity, kind of right. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually has evolved into basically the web where we are now, which is much more about social interaction. Social media is kind of the dominating form. We all have a say. We can order stuff from the internet. We leave comments on everything for better or for worse. Mm, it's much more interactive. Okay. It's And we ourselves can also go out there and put stuff on the internet with Got very it. little to no you know, barriers to entry to get in there and out there and doing it. Mm. That's where we currently are. But the reason why people think a Web3 could be or should be next is mm-hmm. because where we are now is also built on this foundation of corporate control over the internet essentially mm. where most that's of the, the theory most of the internet as it exists mm-hmm. exists based around giant corp tech corporations that are running the show in the background are Your you Googles, talking like the socials in the world you know, and the, okay, well yeah the socials obviously are a big part right. of it google yep. microsoft amazon web services yep. all of the giant tech companies that have kind of laid the foundation of the internet that we're all using today mm-hmm. and are also there in the background then hey you can get on here. It doesn't. It's not really going to cost you anything to do most of the stuff you want to do here. But we're gathering data about you the whole time. Mm-hmm. We're shoving ads in your direction, mm-hmm. and that's the stuff that people are kind of rebelling against a little bit and thinking, mm-hmm. "Hey, we need a next iteration of the web, so that maybe it's bringing control back to us as the people. It's decentralizing it a little bit more, letting okay. us have some control." and deciding what we actually want to have access to and what we want to have access to us when we get out mm-hmm. there on the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, in theory, you know, this is, you know, this whole decentralized net internet idea. Do you guys do you guys appreciate that? Does that make sense? Does that sound good <laughs> taking the corporations out of the picture and giving it back to the people if you will? Before we get into some of the nuances of what that could actually mean. Huh. It's a complicated I, question, yeah. man. I mean, cause, you know, it's a lot to get your head wrapped around, if it you is. ask me, because, you know, I always figured the Internet was kind of already free, right? I mean, in the sense of free dumb, not free as in no expense. Like, right. I can go, I can browse information, I can shop, I can do the things, I, you know, that life now affords me in an online environment. I wasn't connecting the dots so much on the social side, because for me, that's an app. That's not, that's not the Internet to me. That's like just a separate, and maybe I'm not thinking of it correctly. Right. You know, I'm still back in the pre, I guess, whatever web days, more 
you know, people are just putting up corporate brochures and uh, it's an information transfer. Right, what, right. what it primarily is, not an engagement, you know, the, 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 the picture that you're painting. But when you paint it in terms of the overlords that own, you know, everything, the Googles, the alphabets and in in that of the world, okay. Yeah, okay, so maybe some de- – am I a fan of decentralization? 100%. You know, it <laughs> depends on what you're talking about. But right, right. Generally, yes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that uh, and what can manifest itself out of it. I don't know. Cordy? Well, I'll just start by saying <clears throat> when you were talking about what they refer to as the gatekeepers of the Internet, the right, large corporations, right. it's some crazy percentage of web apps – cloud-based services like the HubSpots of the world that are based on AWS, Amazon right, right. Web Services. Oh, yeah. And so, a massive part of that market. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't want to misquote, but I want to say it's like 60 or 70% of like the big networks. And that's why every now and again, and it's few and far between, that a service like Twitter or Facebook is interrupted, they're all interrupted, right? right? Like everyone right. is having an outage because there was something crazy that happened with AWS. So... I would say in general, those are very reliable services Mm -hmm. and they're scalable and affordable and accessible and all of the good things that I want from the internet, but they do have some drawbacks, right? Right. In terms of if you put something on the internet that the powers that be decided they didn't want to be there, they would have the control because they control a large majority of the hosting of internet content to remove it. And that's what decentralization would kind of uh, introduce is the inability for people to censor. That's one of the big things. I kind of feel like the Web3 movement is largely about more freedom, openness. It's kind of very idealistic in that way. And yeah, to Dean's point, yeah, I guess in concept, I'm open to the idea. And I even kind of like the idea. But just like anything, I think there are pros and cons, right? Where it's like, well, do we want it to be impossible to take certain things off of the internet? Yep. I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people out there talk about like absolutism when it comes to free speech and... You know, not to share my personal feelings about it, but again, in general, I'm open to that. But I don't know. Is it a slippery slope to say, sorry, once something's out there, it's on a million different nodes and you could never possibly, you know, scratch it from the Internet. So, right, right. Is that know. what they're professing Web3 well, would give you? We'll we'll get to that a little bit yeah. later. But yeah, that's that's part of it because yes. it, and, and that's that you kind could, of the no, next that point that you here. could take down like if you whatever you posted something 10 years ago. Since now you have control of your content, the you would have the ability. Could. Yes, yes the right. Owner the owner could. could. Right. For sure. What you're saying can't be done today in the sense that, you know. Well, well no, the opposite, actually. In Web3, you couldn't necessarily do what you're talking about. Oh. Because, and this is where the next part of it is, where the idea. See, there's of, confusion this, already this being on that built, Well, this, yeah. this whole thing being built, the idea is building it on some of the same infrastructure that bl- of blockchain yeah. and what crypto has right. been built on, That's essentially. Right. So basically, so there's saying, a chain like, of custody. When and you do something on the internet, whether you whatever you've done, whatever you've added to the internet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. becomes part of this immutable chain, as they always call that's it. That's right. Of you know, of, of that's accessible all around the world by people on various machines all over the place, so that no one can corrupt it, no one can take something out and say it was never there, mm-hmm. because everyone else can say, "Hey, my copy says it was, mm-hmm. and it is still there." Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, where you're saying like, you know, hey, I. There was something in the past that I made a mistake and I want it taken off the internet. Or, right. and again, we'll get into some of this a little bit more later, some of the stuff that people have done to people. Like, hey, you know, just to give you an example, like revenge photography, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Like when people have taken pictures of someone and right. they've had a relationship, yep. post them on the internet against their their yep. wishes. Yep. And they have to work, as it is right now, they have to work incredibly hard to ever get rid of that stuff as it is. Mm-hmm. Right. But imagine in a sense where you literally cannot because everyone in the world technically has access to it and has to de- would have to collectively decide all at once to get rid of it before you could do that. 
Which is an about. impossibility. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're, you're never, it's never going impossible. to happen. Yeah. Right. Well, presumably simple things like website updates. You manage your own website, but it's it's built on a Web3 platform. Right. You would be able to delete pages, remove pages, because there would be applications built on this Web3 decentralized platform or whatever. Um, but I think the big difference is right now, if I built a website and I publish something, or better yet, if WikiLeaks published something, but their website is non-Web3, meaning it's hosted by AWS through whoever, mm-hmm. Squarespace or whatever you know, website they use, mm-hmm. the, you know, again, those big corporations could decide, this yeah. is harmful, let's remove it. Right. If they had built the same website on a Web3 platform, mm-hmm. that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. No one would have that ability unless WikiLeaks or whoever the owner is said, we want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And even then, yes. So they'd have the ability to control their web app or website just in the same way you would today, and that if they delete it, it goes away. But again, this is where we get a little bit lost in the sauces. Yeah, that information is technically still out there. It's just no longer you know, on the front end right. of the site, but it's right. Right. distributed yeah. through all these computers. But yeah, that's, that's the part where... Maybe I don't understand. Go ahead. Well, no, in the same way that when we're talking about cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and a transaction takes place between you and I, yep. John is helping to mine that transaction through his processing power, but not just John. Well, yes, maybe just John mines it. I don't know. I think it's a collective mining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it once, could be just one person, but it's usually more. Yeah, It's usually a group, and it takes a lot of resources and all that kind of stuff. But once it happens, the proof of that transaction exists in a multitude Everywhere. of places. Right. right. It's on the it's ledger. Yeah. And that's similar to how web hosting would take place. That instead of your files just existing on one space on an Amazon web service or through whichever host you use, mm-hmm. which are all probably on the backbone of AWS anyway, right. it would be crowd hosted, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Which these are the things where I start to ask questions around like, how fast is that? Is it less efficient than it being in one place mm-hmm. with a whole right. bunch of infrastructure? Mm-hmm. What if people, I know this is like a super oversimplification, but we're relying on people and their equipment and their willingness to participate. Yep. What if that willingness or ability to participate is somehow taken away with That's gas right. power outages? Yeah, or just right. Who knows what could yep. change where all of a sudden right. is the reliability you know, an issue, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the kinds of things that I start to think about. Again, not knowing exactly what we're talking about and how this would look. And I think, I don't want to get too too far ahead of you know what we have planned to discuss, but um, those are some of my concerns. Is like, this is such a sophisticated concept that it makes me think that there would be less access, that this is almost like a um, really technically sophisticated people mm-hmm. would love this to mm-hmm. be true. But you av- your average person today who has accessibility through some of these bigger corporations to start a business and build a Facebook page that everyone can find, if 15 years from now, maybe Facebook still exists, but it's got 5% of the market share, and there are 300 social networks right, where you right. own your own content, but there's all these different feeds, like, does it start to create a worse experience for your average user, or even right. your slightly above average mm-hmm. user? Is it like, mm-hmm. does this really benefit the super technical users? I consider myself a technical user, and I had to do a bunch of research to even be able to talk about what the heck Web3 is. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Where I'm yeah. like, yep. man, I don't know. And, you know, of course, this will continue to evolve, and we'll learn more about people are going to build services on top of this, in theory, that would make leveraging Web3 easier, again, presumably, but mm-hmm. all TBD, I kind of feel yeah. like. So. There's a lot of Wild West here, obviously. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I think that kind of what you were saying lends into the next part here, which is this idea that a big part of, again, another reason, beyond the freedom aspect of, hey, I want to be able to do what I do without having some kind of corporate overlord deciding mm-hmm. whether I should be allowed to do this or not, mm-hmm. is that the other part of it that people you know, rally behind is the idea, hey, we can remove all these data collection things. If you're not having a corporate giant who's controlling this, and as part of their you know, 
promise to you to say, yeah, you can access this for free. However, I am also going to collect information about you every time you come here, Mm -hmm. about everything that you're clicking on, everything you're looking at, Mm -hmm. everything you're doing, everything you buy. I'm gathering all that information. I'm going to sell some of it out to some other folks. This is my this is our covenant between one another that, yes, you can come here and do what you want. But just understand that I now know a lot of stuff about you that you may not realize and understand how much I know about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go sell it off and give it off to other people. As, to as, advertisers, as to political side. entities, exactly. anyone who might or want we'll, to. And we'll also then mm-hmm. let advertisers come in and target you directly based on what we have learned and discovered and know about you. Mm-hmm. We all know that's happening. We all, Of course. And, 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 yeah. but, but let's be honest, we've all kind of accepted it and dealt with it, even though we may not like it. And even though there's been a lot of talk about, you know, you know p- pushing that back as much as possible and mm-hmm. making it as, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. untargeted as possible. So the, one of the, the, the ideas behind Web3 is, hey, that would go away. But then the other part of it, though, is that in order to do that, in order to kind of really put yourself in that position where there would be no more data collection or, you know, average, direct advertising, targeted advertising, is you might have to pay in a little bit to have premium access mm. or to be someone mm-hmm. that's allowed to vote on what is changed within a system or a server mm-hmm. or a particular site or whatever. Hmm. And a little bit, a little bit, you're pushing in there mm-hmm. or, or, get, or having a little extra functionality. Like maybe you want to have next level functionality where you get to participate in, right. I don't know, you know, some web updates or yeah. deciding what content gets put out there or, you know, new what, features, which, new features, which, which all like seems that. a bit of a fallacy. Cause what I've r- r- read is that the power shift goes <laughs> away from the existing character to the VCs and, exactly. and folks that are going to be investing in the compute power yep. in order to make this decentralized thing happen yep. to begin with. That's a quote here I, I, I saw. I mean, it's, from, it's kind from... of naive to think that, oh, it's it's Johnny's computer when he's right. not using it that's right. going to help this Web3 right. with its compute power. Yep. No, that's no. not what's going to happen. Jack Dorsey, <laughs> Jack Dorsey, former C- Twitter CEO, had a great um, quote on that. And he said, you know, you don't own Web3. The VCs and their LPs do. That's it right. will never escape their incentives. It's ultimately a centralized entity with a different label. That's right. And I think that's kind of what I'm thinking about here because I look at this and go, okay, <clears throat> if you're talking about this freedom and getting away from the ads and getting away from the targeting and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but then you're also on the backside saying, but there's some opportunities for you to pay in to have some exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Aren't you just creating an entire set of inequalities Yes. that... <laughs> That the, that the whole idea behind the web and the freedom of the web That's right. has been that anybody can access it. As long as you have a computer and internet access uh-huh. Uh-huh. anywhere in the world, you know, or most places in the world, mm-hmm. you have access to the data and the information you want. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly if you're saying, okay, we're going to decentralize that, and yeah, most of you will have access to whatever, but you pay in a little more, you can have a little more access and do a bit more and be... And even more involved in it, we're, we're right how back many, to where we started. Yeah, how many people are going to get are going to get immediately closed? Right, or according to your point, you know, people that don't have the technical proficiency, no, you know, don't understand token? how right. this stuff works. How do I don't want to get involved so with blockchain <laughs> or Bitcoin or now any it's crypto. even more veiled than it is today. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that's yeesh. where to me the slope starts sliding straight down, and, and yeah. a lot of people are going to be jumping off and saying, "Nope, this ain't yeah. for me. This, right. this ain't my internet." Yeah, I, I I would agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the scary part about it. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's why it kind of seems like a, a bit of a fallacy here, a bit of like we're hand-wringing over something that... Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's the value that AWS is bringing today is like, who's going to be able to afford that kind of compute power? I mean, think about the compute power that it takes to run, what is it, 60% of the internet today? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a yeah, Like lot. you said, and people are just going to lend up their computers and that's enough? Or why would people be incentivized to do that? Right. Oh, so they can get tokens, so they can be part of this group that helps right. make decisions. Yeah. And yeah, it really just, again, I'm 
plugged in and we were plugged in more than the average bear, so to speak. But like when I start to think about my mother or me when I get older and my right. kids are deep in this and I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know how to participate in the internet anymore right. because right. can't I just pay for the service or, I mean, I'll, I'll say this and I wish I could remove the bias of being a marketing person to say, I appreciate that if I'm going to see ads, they're ads that I might care about because you know a little bit about me. Does it go way too far from a data privacy? Yes. They know right. way too much about right. me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No one would dispute that. But I'm, I'm kind of at peace with that exchange. If these services are very compelling services where yeah. lots of people congregate, whether it's a Facebook or a Twitter or any new you know platform, I appreciate that lots of people come to a few places and... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that I necessarily want that to go away. And I'll, I'll also add this: that as we were th thinking and talking about Web 1.0 and 2.0 and 3, and maybe this is like an obvious thing to say, but I'll say it anyway. There isn't a hard stop of any of these things. Meaning, content that looks like Web 1 content is still out there. Web 2.0, we're still in the thick of, and I think that Web 3.0 could begin to exist and be useful for some use cases. But the web as we know it today just continues to live on as well. So right? you're Lots saying, of yeah, right. Yeah. right. There's no flip that switches. They can you live know, in it, parallel. Today, oh wait, right? you know, that was yeah. web three. Was, There's no more Twitter. You know, <laughs> at Facebook. midnight. Right. <laughs> if you're not web three compatible, you right? Know, I, yeah. Exactly. Now I'm having flashbacks to you know Y2K. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you know, I think that's the other thing too. Is like when I when I first heard like when I was starting to read about this, and then when I got to the part where they're like, okay, this is built on like blockchain and some of the same fundamentals as cryptocurrency. Of course, my alarm still going off immediately because mm. the whole crypto thing is still a, a very much a, yeah, I am not buying into this. You're not, not a crypto me. bro, no, are you? I'm not. I'm not. John, I, it's immutable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's unhackable. Like, it's, it's just one of those things. That Except for the wallets. But no, other than no that, matter, okay. Yeah, no right. matter what, you, no matter what you say about it, no matter how much I hear about it, I mean, people will try to, you know. Sell you on it. Sell me yes. on it. I remain completely unconvinced, and, yeah. and maybe I'm I, I, I'm not in the minority. That's just that I know that I'm not. And a lot of what we've seen over the last couple of years has proven why we shouldn't be buying into that. So that was the part that immediately set me off. Was like, was is that the best idea though? Like, <laughs> and there's so there's a, there's another quote I found from Tim O'Reilly who coined the term uh, Web 2.0 to describe the platform web of the early 2000s. Claims that we're in an investment boom reminiscent of the dot com era before the bottom fell out. Web 2.0 was not a version number. It was the second coming of the web after the dot-com bust, he says. I don't think we're going to be able to call Web 3 Web 3 until after the crypto bust, because only then will we get to see what's stuck around. Mm. I think that kind of resonated with me is like, okay. Mm -hmm. you know, and again, I, I, you're, to that point, I thought back of the dot-com thing. You know, and I remember yeah. sitting, watching those Super Bowls in like yeah. the late 90s, That's early 2000s com. that were just filled with dot-com ads and just, you know, everybody was going to make millions of dollars by going on. The same kind of talk that, we're, land that we're having yeah. right now. It's the same rhetoric that you hear about crypto. Well, last Super Bowl was all crypto. <laughs> exactly. The same kind of thing. I <laughs> Who felt, buys a $6 million QR code just floating around the screen I had the exact same feeling. Like, yeah. this is the same thing. And if, to his point, what the modern web as we know it now and this user-generated web happened after we got rid of all those people out of the way that thought they were going to make millions just throwing up websites mm. for any old thing they wanted to and buying domain mm -hmm. names. Mm -hmm. And now maybe we're in the same place where in order to get to whatever the next iteration of the web actually is going to be, okay. you've got to let what, what everyone thinks they're going to get rich off of right now blow up in their faces, <laughs> and then we'll sort out the pieces and figure out what was and wasn't working. Yeah. 
I'll build on something you said there around the crypto piece, which is I feel like early case for crypto was accessibility right. to people who don't have reliable federal banking right. or whatever. And all which is not stuff. a bad idea right. at it's all. It's not. I, I was kind of, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And it's similar. Web3 is it's about opening up and building the web we deserve and all of these things. Right. But I just can't get past the idea that the barrier to entry from a technological standpoint of both of those things, crypto in general, and then you know Web3 being kind of built on a similar technology is... It's yes, it's accessible to wizards on computers, right? Which right. most people are not. That's so it's right. like it does give you abilities if you have abilities, if you have an internet connection and high speed laptops and you know a big brain and all this right. good stuff. If you're but, Mr. Robot, yeah. Exactly. Well, we've, we've talked about it. It's just further discrepancy between the haves and the haves nots. Yep. You know, it's just more intellectual whatever compute power or, or yeah right yes it's it, like it does it it's, like it's narrowing it down even more yeah you whereas your average person is just i want to order a shirt and yeah. Yeah. i want to be able to talk to my mother-in-law on the other side of the country exactly that's what i need yeah. the internet share for. photos with my friends right. can, I, can yeah. i just do that yeah exactly <laughs> I don't. I don't care without you being too probing. I don't care about my ledger code and yeah. all this other jazz yeah. that you guys are talking yeah. well, about. And some of the but, problems but, they want to solve for are, are smart problems, but they know, are smart problems. It's yes. like is it the throwing out the baby with the bathwater? Like, do we have to completely blow up the web right, to figure right. out data privacy or things like that? I mean, maybe. I don't and that know. or content control because yeah. that, that was the other angle, exactly. Right? And that yeah. brings up a point that I think one of these articles made, which was the idea of like, okay, so when you go back to this idea of the data collection and mm -hmm. and or actually. Go back to the idea of not being able to erase anything. Whatever you do in this blockchain version of the web mm. is is there and done. Mm -hmm. Well, that flies in the face of stuff like GDPR that have come out, and and you know, and Canada's adopted things like that. I, at some point, the U.S. will probably get to that point as well, and a lot of other countries of having some protections in place for people to be able to erase their data or determine what data can and can't be collected about them. Well, that flies in the face of that. If you have this Web three that's basically saying like anything you do, whether you whether you wanted to do it or not, or whether you wanted to be out there, is going to be out there forever, and you don't have a choice in the matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like the the kind of the point they were coming to in the article was that maybe the hybrid model of some sort might be where we would finally have to rest, where mm. we there is portions of the internet that we do build on this particular model, mm -hmm. and we'd have to decide what those are and why mm -hmm. they're there and why you need access to those. Mm -hmm. But then there'd still be a significant chunk of it that's still what we kind of know today. And yeah. Is but, but who's the we deciding that? The marketplace? Uh, great question. Yeah, or, I, exactly. You know, that's yeah, still, yeah, again, yeah. where you start getting to that point of like... That's yeah, the people well, who have the money who's, to, yeah, to Who's going to make that partition and who's going to be allowed to get over top of it? You know? Right. So, and why? Yeah, exactly. What do they have to pay to get there? Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? I came across two terms in some of my research. I'm curious to know, A, if you guys came across these terms, and B, if you reacted to them similarly, <laughs> similarly to me. Okay. And they were trustless, a trustless yes, environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. permissionless environment. Yeah. I was like, man, those don't Trusties. seem like good things. No. Right? And right? yet they're supposed to be yeah. like the foundational ideas. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to Google each one. Like, what the heck does Wait, it mean? Wait, trustless? And what was the other one? Permissionless. Permissionless. Okay. Right. So trustless basically means that where you and I would have to rely on a payment processor to process a payment, mm -hmm. whatever. I send you something for something you did, or I buy something via PayPal. PayPal right. is the third party that we're trusting. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a trustless environment, we would be relying on other people, but non-authorities to mine our transaction or what have you. Mm -hmm. So I get it, but I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know. Again, maybe this, I'm sure this is like a super old school way of thinking about it, but I like putting trust in companies who have built a track record of trust versus exactly. this decentralized well, network. That plus, you've got all the laws backing that, and so I mean, you start getting into areas what would what laws apply to a trustless type of an entity. I don't know. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
like we can go to the payment company and if they if they whatever that transaction didn't work out we can go to court and say hey you know and or if someone and, stole and, my credit card and yeah. ran up five right? grand we've got a, we've got a whole infrastructure around this exactly. as opposed to like this hey uh, somebody over there mind that this transaction happened but uh, yeah i mean somebody really complicated because they're smarter than me and now i'm just out a bunch of money <laughs> damn it so trustless yep. and what again and permission meaning you don't yeah, need yeah. permission to right. create right yeah to your back to your point early on of like you know you can't have the AWS or the Twitter or whoever saying, yeah. sorry, that's not allowed here. That's right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and there's something to that. I mean, again, the I'm curious to, to know what you guys think. I guess it's just really asking you how you feel about like absolute free speech or, or censorship, which is that's a big thing, too, is if if the corporations don't own the web, we can put whatever we want out there. Right. And it's. Because that's never backfired. Well, yeah, but that's not really the case. I mean, we have laws against, I mean, free speech isn't like a, you know, you can't go out and say certain things and do certain things, even under our constitution. Maybe you could and there wouldn't be any recourse. Mm, I I would think that it would live under our constitution. That's the difference, though, because because technically with the constitution, all they're technically saying is the government can't come after you for what you say and do. Mm. You can say and do whatever you want, but the other part of it that people don't want to acknowledge is there can be consequences for it. And it's Absolutely. not necessarily the government's doing the consequences. Like that's that what they're saying is like, hey, I they can't come and arrest you and throw you in federal jail because you said something they didn't like. But your job can fire you. This company can refuse to do work with you. These people can refuse to 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 give you money. Someone might kick you in the shins on the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> people, people might just be unhappy with you and your life might be miserable because you said something stupid. Right. There's no protections from that. And and I think that's the thing, is I think sometimes when people talk about that, they're th- they have this idea of like I want to have the freedom to do whatever I want with zero consequences, but I think that's where you get into like this whole debacle with Twitter is kind of set up where you know Elon wanted to come in and say hey I want to open up Twitter for everybody to get back on it should be free for everyone to say what they want and and here's the thing I'm not even saying that he's entirely wrong that you shouldn't you know that that it's that it's not that you might not want to feel that way and feel that people can do that. There's things I don't want to see there necessarily, sure. But, you know, and I have the ability to not see it if I don't want to. But the other part of the equation that I think that either he just didn't care about or didn't think too hard about and and that people pointed out is, all right, but the whole point of social media is it's mostly a content moderation platform because the only way you survive and you get to run that business is if you're moderating content so that you can get advertisers and subscribers that are willing to actually use your platform. Right. And that's I think the, he's blown that up, though. Have you not read any of the Twitter files that have come out? So it's curating content to a certain bias. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not talking about the bias Well, yeah, part. but I don't know how you, anyway. I'm talking about, I'm talking talk about, about like, it. let's say that if you if you decide, hey, we just let anybody say whatever they mm-hmm. want, mm-hmm. Apple, Coca-Cola, Nike, every, the NFL all says, that's fine, but we're not going to give you millions of dollars in our ads that's right. on your platform. How do you get your so how does your platform function at that point? Mm-hmm. When the only people that we advertise are people that don't have a lot of clout and a lot of money, and then you also lose millions and millions of subscribers because they don't want to be part of it anymore. Or you're expecting the subscribers to, you know, pick up the slack by saying, Hey, give us eight dollars a month in order to use our service now. That's never gonna add up to you know, I don't care how right. many users you've got, you there's, can get there's one other answer. 
let the world's most rich person own the yeah, company. Right. You just bankroll the you whole just thing. Bankroll the whole thing. <laughs> well, I, well, I, true. I, that's, that's curious. True, that you're yeah. worried about the economics of it because there was so a long time anything. when Twitter exists and didn't make a profit, didn't make any money. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and that's how it was built. So I don't. I'm, don't worry about that. That's Elon's issue, not my issue. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> I know. The, I guess so. But, but I'm the just foundation saying. Foundation of it. And, and I, I see your point as well, John. But yeah. look, I'm done watching the evening news because it's all run by the pharmaceuticals. That's all you see are pharmaceutical ads. You can't tell me that they don't. Have an influence on what's going on there, so right. you know. I mean, it, right? That's a that's a part of the world that we live in to, right. today. So yeah. I don't know. You know, Twitter is an interesting example, but you know, getting back to the core thing, you know, should we have an environment where people can say whatever they want to say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, one way to look at it is like the schoolyard. I keep going back to that. You know, if you were to be in the schoolyard and say something idiotic. You might get beat up over it, or you're going to be alienated, or maybe you get a certain kind of friends, and then that's your click that you, that right? That's humanity. That's how we live. That's society. I don't know. Well, I don't fear. But there's a big difference that. of the internet, though. No one can punch you in the face on the internet. No, that's fair. That's Metaphorically, fair. you yeah. can get you stuff can hide happen. behind right, right a exactly. persona. You can, that, yeah, this you, is exactly you create right. an avatar. You hide behind a persona. No that's one knows really exactly who you potentially well, does are. Does Web three yeah. solve that? I don't know that it does. I I that's just it. I don't know that it does either. I was going to ask the same question. I, I didn't come across anything about that, but I think that is just like a bigger question for the internet. Uh, and I, I forget who it was. I recently heard someone make a case, and I can't remember any of their good points. So I almost shouldn't bring this up. Where they were making a case for the positive positives of anonymity on the internet. I don't remember what the heck. Oh that it wow! Was. Yeah, see, yeah, that, I, I'm a big fan of oh, knowing oh. who people really are. I think you to be able right. to stand behind yeah. what you have to yeah. say, like you right. said, Dean. Because right. you're right, yeah. people. You know, the free exchange of ideas. You're going to attract your tribe for better or for worse, right. depending on how you align and the things you say. They can be really out there. It's going to be a handful of people that might be with you. But there's going to be the majority of people who are like, right. they need to go play by themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or that, right. No, those are not our people. And just by the nature of that, you know, that goes away. But yeah. I, I mean, again, if we're relying on, and I guess that's still where I get hung up a little bit, is the actual technical aspect of mm, all of this. Because mm-hmm. initially, I mean, n- even still, I think, anyhow, I never really got involved. But when it comes to mining Bitcoin, I knew people that were going out, individuals that were going out and buying up graphics cards and building these computers, and they had like a mining farm in their basement or in their house somewhere. Oh, really? They okay. were really yeah, legitimately right. using their power. And you really needed some significant power to like even make a dent in this thing and make yeah. any kind of money. Which but, we didn't right. even touch on the environmental impacts here. But right. That's, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> well, we should, because um, I have a couple notes about that as well, but... Um, so that's kind of where my head was, like Johnny's computer. Like you said, I'm like, am I really going to rely on you know our enterprise 5,000 page website? <laughs> exactly. And a whole farm of Johnny's computers out right. there. Like I don't love that, man. That's that's right. the value that <laughs> right. these big corporations bring and all their data stealing. You know, whatever you feel negatively about them. And I don't think any of that. Or I think definitely there's some of that critique or criticism of the Googles of the world and Amazons mm-hmm. and Facebooks mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. very legitimate, right? But mm-hmm. they also provide a really fantastic service in a lot of ways. So yeah. I yeah. don't know. I, guess I, just... I don't know. I don't know that this solves it as opposed to maybe some other solution where, you know, we turn it more of a utility and there's openness about how the, the mechanisms and the infrastructure and how it's working and stuff like that so that people can have a say on it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's really curious, but I don't know that I'm sold on Web3's ability to, to tackle some of those issues that have been brought up to the forefront. Again, I keep going back to the fact that you know somebody's got to own the compute at the end of the road. So I don't. We're not. We can think that we're thwarting a lot of this stuff, but are we really? I don't right. Know. Right. You know, if they're owning the computer, there's, they can just. There's got to be money coming from somewhere. Yeah. Like, no, this stuff doesn't just spring up overnight for free. You know, no. like it's right. I'll regret saying you this, can't plant I'm, a you can't plant an internet seat somewhere. <laughs> on some level, <laughs> I can 
appreciate and trust companies whose desires are clear. Meaning Amazon just wants right. to make boatloads of money. Right. Same with right. Facebook. They want to sell my data to people who advertise, but I know what I'm getting in exchange. And I'm sure there's solid arguments out there to say, well, you don't know everything that they're taking your that's physical right. location. Uh, yeah, right. True. And that's yeah. where it gets really sketchy, where I think that these conversations need to happen outside of Congress with very old people who don't know what's happening. But in those, you know, they just need the right people in those rooms to right, have the conversations. Right. But it's very well, interesting. That, well, the manipulation of data is curious, right? I yeah. mean, how do we get away from that? I don't know. I mean, that that is a... I don't either. That's a part of this whole thing that they're trying to... I mean, I see the nirvana of Web3 and that, you know, through, through that, you have... Through decentralization, you know, it just disposes all of that overt control, you know, right, that, that right. these entities can can have, whether they utilize it or not. Um, I don't know, you know, but I don't, but at the end of the road, I don't know, do we really get away from it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we've kind of touched a little bit of this on our, our predictions of what yes, we're going to yes. next year. And, you know, I, I think, I think what this comes down to is I think some of this, I think can, it can and probably will somewhat exist in some form. I, I think that, you know, that, that comment from, from, uh, uh, was it the, the guy who founded the web, the web two, Point yeah, right. two thing. Mm-hmm. I think yep. Riley, I think his, you know, point was was valid that we probably aren't going to know how this all shakes out until something kind of gets imploded mm-hmm. and we pick up the pieces afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I think once that shakes out, maybe we get a better idea of what this looks like on the back end. And I could see something where maybe like this isn't the Internet, period. But this is like, hey, certain portions of the Internet make sense to yep. run through this kind of a platform, certain mm-hmm. industries. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't even know what all of those are right now. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, financial obviously is one that we you know, can see a clear idea of how that's supposed to work and where that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We can also see some clear pitfalls out of right. that and yeah. have seen those yeah, obviously for sure. too, for sure. especially where money gets involved. Yeah. So I have a feeling that's the kind of thing where you're going to see something like this getting built for specific industries, for mm-hmm. certain situations where it makes sense to have these kind of, you know, you know, broad, you know, let's let people in here and do what they need to do. Let's say like Wikipedia as an example. Yeah, there you go. Things like that. Yeah. For the public good, and I know there's, you know, similar to the Twitter files, there's some info out there about that. But whatever. Things that serve a, no matter if there's a little bit of bias, there's a lot of value there, right? Right, right, exactly. For everyone and all that good stuff. I could see something like that being built on Web3. Right. I'm right where you are, John, which is, yeah, I think their use cases are going to emerge where it has clear benefit. Right. But is it going to be the entire web? Who knows? Well, I, I don't, think, maybe, I don't think most people in general care. I just think in general, most people, right. it's the same reason that we can have this conversation about data privacy and mining and yeah, have, right, car- yeah. targeted ads. Most people, again, are just like, I just want to go buy my shirt and talk exactly. to grandma. Well, and I so, don't care what they're collecting about. Sure. Okay. They can know that I'm a size medium and I like blue. And then I talk to grandma about, you know, the weather or something. That's fine. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Most people just don't care what they're, what's, what's no. coming out of So, that. But let's dive into some reasons why it won't work, why Web3 won't work. And, and you're on one of them, right? So programming. I, have you even tried? I, don't, I wouldn't even know how to program something in Web3. What, what is it taking? No, I, I really right? think it is. It, I think it is. It's about how data is hosted. Okay. I think that's the the big thing ah, when it comes so to it's, the So it's not itself. like we're deviating away from HTML and stuff nope. like that? Okay, got it. All the, you know, obviously no. web technologies will change, but the same stuff okay, just well, hosted differently. But help me understand this, because in my readings, I was saying, well, one of, the re- one of the issues that it has is inability to do g- good design. Poor UX, poor UI. So to me, that was like, oh, then there's fundamentally something I don't understand about how you program in Web3. So, but I don't know. I mean, it just refers to the fact that 
you know, again, from a developer's standpoint, uh, it's 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 more difficult to program whatever it is, whether it's the site, the page, or, or whatnot. So I don't know. Well, I'm sure and, some of the tools me, that you have to lean on that are, again, tools that are owned by these giant corporations that if you're no longer using them, yeah, you got to build your own tools or find yeah. something else to do, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had well, come maybe across that's something. It. I don't know what the UI piece would have been, mm-hmm. but from a user experience, could include speed. Mm-hmm. I came across some things that basically said... That, yeah, because you are distributing where the data is hosted, pulling that data when someone makes a request on a server might not be as fast as yeah. it is today, right. which is extremely fast right. And, right. and reliable. And no I don't want to go, I don't wanna go back to no, dial-up. No, I don't want to No, no, thank you. <laughs> well, I did read that scalability is, is an issue, right? And so maybe that is, you know, that gets to the whole compute power of what it, it's taking to run the crypto world today right. is Norway. Right. I mean, right. basically, right. it's, it's yeah. the whole power yeah. to run Norway yeah. is. And so now wow. you take that on a scale to run the Internet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. It's like, are we duplicating the entire power used by the U.S. Yeah. just to run this? And does that make well, a and, lot and of sense? And once again, also, you're going to have to so have scalability, right? So, somebody's going to have there's going to have to be some people that have more infrastructure and more server capability than others to make this all happen. Like, yeah, I can't I don't see how you, even if you just have. Every single person's single unit in the world, it's probably not enough. You're going to have to have a few places where there are just thousands of servers, right? Yep. Many yep. data centers. Yeah, exactly. Would really, so then who owns those? Like someone has to own those. And yes. if they own those, doesn't that give them some sort of control? Arguably, yes. But maybe the idea is just instead of it being four or five giant ones, it's 45,000 mini Maybe. ones all throughout the country. And a note that I made that, that stood out was one of the kind of, I don't know if it's a stated goal of Web3 or not, is killing data centers. Exactly what we're talking about. And the idea, and again, I, I don't know that this is true or not, they say that the closer the data is to you, meaning I'm loading my web files from Dean's machine, just in theory, versus from a data center in Colorado, the more energy efficient it is, the more sustainable it is, the what was the word? The closer the data is to you, the better it is for the environment. Hmm. I don't know if there's proof of that, but that's what I. I mean, I guess it sort of way. makes sense. You know? So you almost be trading off that user experience and the speed, right. For sustainability, but again, environmental friendliness. Mm. Most people are <laughs> people aren't, aren't going to do care. it. No, not saying that I don't care. Like. Gosh, do I want to make that try? I would need it quantified a little bit better. Like, are we saving the planet here, or is it like right, more solar right. panels? I need yeah. my speed. Say, <laughs> <laughs> right? so, you know, let's be honest. There's a million. There's a million and one oh, things we're all supposed to be doing a little bit better yeah. to make the world a better place that well, a lot of people won't do because it's slightly inconvenient. And so here's the killer. Here's the bomb. And because I, I love this one, no benefit for mainstream business. And I think that's where you're going. Like, right. why would any business do? What is the compelling reason for a business to shift what they're doing today? into right. Web3, right. it's not there. Yeah. Especially just... given how much how much businesses rely on the power of data oh, yeah. and of what they can collect. And I'm Absolutely. not even talking about like the potentially malignant, you know, data collection and shady way it's shifted about or whatever, but just Netflix. Just basic right. business. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. basic business people have that, you know, where they just they rely on like, hey, I need to know who's clicking on what on my website. I need to know mm. what people are viewing. I, I need to have at least a little bit of demographic information about people that are checking out my stuff so that I know who I can properly advertise to. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, if the bulk of my business is young women in their late 20s, I need to know that's who I need to be out targeting at places where young women in their late 20s are. If I no longer have that information, have no way of collecting that information, how does like a new business go out and market? 
mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be wastefully. just a shot in the dark and just hoping hoping you find, figure it out, you know? Yeah, or they'll come to you, right? And it's like, well, yeah, you'd have to do very broad, broad market yeah, to everyone. Exactly. We'd be going way, Again, way Again, that's where, like, innovation could get stifled and, and small business could mm-hmm. be like, yeah. you don't have a shot They're because not be able to keep up. You're, you don't have the money and the infrastructure to go out there yeah. and, and shoot your shot a million different places and, until you figure out what's going on. Maybe something know? would be innovated to help out there. But maybe. maybe. I, I don't mean, know. You're rebuilding all this stuff, right? I would, love to true. Pull, I would love to pull the general public on their preferences around digital advertising, meaning would they... Assuming, again, you have a magic wand and you can not give away a bunch of information you don't want to give away about your political leanings, your financial standing, right, or whatever, right. but people know things like you like soccer, you know, this, that, and you're a man or a woman or, or whatever the case, so that they can send you somewhat, if not very, relevant advertising versus just seeing random ads like you right, open the newspaper right. or a magazine or something. I highly prefer seeing things that are relevant to me. I just wonder if I'm in the minority there, or if it's just because of truly. No, I, mean, what do you I, think? I think that. Well, I think that's a little bit of a veiled uh, issue that people bring up because it doesn't. The internet doesn't matter. I mean, before the internet, you could get high-end catalogs. You could get right, or right, they would right. send it if they thought you were in a certain income bracket. So, I mean, disseminating and, and categorizing people and serving them ads and yeah, stuff but like it existed long before the internet. It's, yeah. it's just gotten more sophisticated. Yeah. It's just gotten a lot more sophisticated. Yeah. I think you, you just had to you, maybe you had to look at somebody first before you right. actually you know. Well, there determine you what you right. wanted to try to sell. The them, issue, yeah. I think, it's veiled in my, for me because what what I think what people really mean is they don't like the influence that that can bring. Like when you right. have and when you see what's happening in the, in, in in the world, you know that Amazon can influence your your purchases in a way that benefits them. You right. know, right. rather than just pushing you to their products. Exactly. Instead, yeah. I mean, it, it, like do a Google search on, or I'm sorry, an Amazon search on on whatever and. You sometimes, just like in Google, you have to scroll, you know, several, yep. several pages yep. in order to get off the ones that they think are relevant for you. And, right. Right. and I'm not saying that no, 90% of the time they're they're dead on, but 10% of the time I'm like, no, that's not, no, 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 I need cheaper, 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 whatever yeah, right. a type right. of a thing. So if you know that influence is going on in the background, I think that's the negativity that people react to. Oh, it's just yeah, no, very yeah. well could be. And maybe that's kind of what it comes down to also is that it's more about like teaching us, teaching people to have a little bit more internet savvy, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more discerning understanding of what's going on when you get on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, not just, you know, I, again, I think most of us are savvy enough to understand that, hey, you know, when I go on the internet, it doesn't have my best intentions in mind. It's all about making someone else some money. Yeah. And most of us react, according to your point, like when you Google something, like, I don't know about you, even if even if the choice, what I want is the first thing, if it's the ad version, I will skip it oh, to I go find skip. the regular, yeah, the regular version. Because yeah, sure. I just don't want to give that ad click for some reason. And that's probably just something <laughs> dumb in my head. No, Most people go, is. that's what I wanted, click. Right. You know? John, I'll tell you yeah. what it is. I do the exact same thing. It's because as an advertiser, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to cost them four bucks if I can just click the organic link. Right. I'm being kind. That's yes, true. I'm being I kind, that, too. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm that's not going to click point. on the Google yeah. ad. But again, it's more the influence. You know, The issue is that Google surprised Pressing certain things on certain searches, right. right? I think it seems like maybe the answer has been yes to that. So that's the influence that that you know. I think that people are worried about that these big companies right. now have. There was a recent drop of some kind, and I'm, this is another Cordy story where I have some point I want to make, but I don't know any of the details. <laughs> um, there was some. There's some search engine out there that their algorithmic logic came out, and a bunch of SEO people on LinkedIn are discussing it and going into depth. It, 14,000 ranking factors hmm, that wow. are just exposed out there. Right, and it's, right. it kind of looks like code, but it's understandable in uh-huh. terms of what they're looking at. And yeah. it's really cool. So to your point, just to know that, you know, and 
some search engine you've never heard of that isn't Google has this really super multiple layered complex algorithm and you're like, what? What is behind these things? Do you know what I mean? Like how how devious are some of these things in terms of what they're considering and what they're not? And I don't know. I, I find it extremely interesting. Yeah. Real quick, to go back to a point you made a minute ago, Dean, which was what does this mean for business? Is it solving any problems for them? When I was reading through mm, things and mm-hmm. educating myself, that was what the, the headline I made was what problems does it solve mm-hmm. for whom? Mm-hmm. And really, I do think that that's one of my main takeaways about this entire concept and, I, and idea is that it is idealistic for kind of the internet children, for lack of a better way right, to put it. Right. The internet kiddies, not, not make them sound like they're kids or whatever, but the people who are heavily invested and spend a lot of their life on the internet. And I right. would consider myself part of that in, in a lot of ways, although... You know, I'm, I was an old millennial where I have one foot in the normal world and one foot in the internet world, <laughs> like the last of that generation, right. you know what I mean? But I, that's, you know, as I went down the line, ownership and monetization of content is a big one for mm. the creators. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, as someone who grew mm-hmm. up into art and into creation of physical things, and it's funny how that term has changed over time, where now, like, you make text-only posts on Twitter, but you've got, a, you know, 1.5 million followers and you're a creator. <laughs> but I do think it's legitimate to say that these people are creating and adding value to these networks that they really have no stake in. That's fair. You know, like with yep. YouTube, you can make some money. Right. Spotify, you can make little tiny bits of money. But like right. Twitter right now, that was one of the things that Elon said mm. when he first came in where I'm like, ooh, that could change the game for them. If mm-hmm. a Twitter creator could buy it. Quite honestly, this sounds silly. It never occurred to me that YouTube was one of the only channels, and I guess now TikTok, and I'm sure that I'm missing some others, but... Twitch is another big one, I think, Yeah, Twitch. Days. Yeah. 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 Um, where you can make money from your content. Right. Whereas yeah. all these other ones, people invested time and years and everything, pour everything that they know into these things for they can build a personal brand that they have to then leverage and monetize on their own. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. ownership and monetization of content benefits content creators, not well, big businesses, individuals, well, well, also businesses, well, I guess. Well. Go ahead. No, I think that's kind of where the NFT thing, and to your point, maybe it's a hybrid. Maybe right. this is one of the use cases. If I create something, how do I create the intellectual property and retain that around it. It's right. a good point. And it's an excellent I, point. On this podcast before, we talked about the idea of decentralized social. And I remember trying to do my best to explain it, and you were going, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try again, because now that we've kind of laid out what a decentralized web hosting infrastructure could look like. Yeah. By the way, fun term, IPFS, Interplanetary File System. Do you guys come across this? No. Yeah, this was like see that one. one eye open, falling asleep Inter- in bed reading last night. <laughs> this is what they're referring to, what we've kind of explained how you would people would be, you know, um, sharing or whatever, uh, hosting your content in a, in a, in a bunch of nodes. They call mm-hmm. it the IPFS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, totally lost my train of thought. What the heck was it? Oh, uh, social networks. So instead of Twitter being right. a social network, and yep. we all have accounts on Twitter, right. we would all have independent feeds. Got it. So at James Cordy would be yeah. my right. feed that I own on my own node, right. and then I could start my own social network that people could opt into, or I could kind of attach my feed to different ones, I guess, mm. and, and what I, and, which is interesting. Like right? an but aggregator like, of some sort, a feed yeah, aggregator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it feels to me like what it could create, and I think I kind of feel this way about Web3 in general, is a very disparate internet where there's just right. a million options, and options are generally good, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, God, there aren't really that many communities because there's so many communities and they're all tiny. And maybe right. that is the internet that some people really want. I don't want it. You know, this is someone else talking. I don't want to be on Facebook. Right. You know, my yeah. mom is there. I yeah. want to be in my own little tribe, but they yep. don't know anything about it. And yeah. I want all of these tribes for all of my different interests. Right. That's kind of how I visualize how this could play out versus you're either on TikTok or Twitter mm-hmm. or YouTube. You know what I mean? There's like mm-hmm. a handful of options mm-hmm. right there. Right. I got it. Got you. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. 
Yeah. And then, so going down the list, what problems is it solving for who? So we talked about content, you know, uh, monetization. Is that a business thing? Yes, but I'd say it leans more toward, I feel like a lot of the benefits lean more toward the individual than they do the mm -hmm. business or the organization. Mm -hmm. Right. So anti-monopoly, again, doesn't benefit businesses in the terms of the biggest of businesses. Right. But, so I guess maybe where I'm kind of um, teasing the value to the VAR a little bit, if we did tear down some of these AWSs of the world, or at least introduce more competition, does that mean that there are more opportunities for smaller businesses to become these kind of small hubs of, of hosting and things like right. that? Data security and privacy, again, businesses benefit from having our data. We would benefit. So it just, I won't go down the entire list, but everything I could come away from is this is about giving the, you know, the individual the power of that mm, kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we already kind of outlined why some of that is not fully true or what have you, that someone right. would have to come and, you know, take that power um, that, that's being uh, left over right. by these big corporations. Yeah. But yeah. it's an interesting world we're living in, guys. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> completely agree. <laughs> all right, we've solved Web3. We all understand it now, right? I don't, did we? Did we solve it? I don't know. Hopefully <laughs> people understand it a bit better. I think, uh, yeah, I think we got a, at least a little more of a foundational understanding. In 2022, uh, so, I think 70% of people said they didn't know what the heck it was. Yeah. And I would have been amongst those people in 2022. Yeah. Which is yeah, why I'm like, you sure. guys talk about Web3. Yeah, there you well, go. All right, all right. Whoa, 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 whoa. what about Web5? Did yeah, you guys we're, come we're across that at all? No. Oh, what oh, happened to four? We just skipped. No, 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 no. We're, we're skipping Jack Dorsey. Remember is him? Like, is this like iPhone? We skipped from, what was it, 10 yeah. to 12 yeah, or something Yeah, like we're skipping Web3. Or no, we skipped over 13. Jack Dorsey is, who announced his intention to build Web5 on top of the Bitcoin, Bitcoin blockchain. So anyway, he's already gone. He's already leapfrogged Web3 and in, in bringing in more of a hybrid approach of what right, you're saying, right. uh, whereas you're using the main benefit of being able to protect your own data, your own world, right. yet still in this whatever. I mean, I think, you know, ultimately, the web is going to change. It can't, it's never going to, it's not going to stay the same. It hasn't been to stay the same. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, granted, I think sometimes we hit the pause and remember the fact that, you know, while it's consumed you know, roughly about half of our lives that we've been on the web and in the internet and mm -hmm. have an understanding of it. That's a very fractional part, part of human history. <laughs> this <Right>. has existed. <laughs> yeah, it's still very much an experiment. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. For us to even have even a grasp of how to sure. manage what to do with it. So, I mean, For sure. it's going to change. We know, like, the whole, like, social network sphere, like, that's going to be a completely different thing, I think, within just the next decade. You know, you're going to see yep. some of these social giants completely collapse, yeah. fold in on one another, Things are going to change, you know. I mean, you know, the the idea of data privacy is going to grow stronger and change mm -hmm. the way the internet and the way the game is played. Whatever this Web three is, probably mm -hmm. is not going to be the answer. It's right. probably be something completely something different, different that we yeah. didn't expect. Yep. But yep. Yep. but you know, at least people are talking about it and thinking about you know what what happens next. But yeah. maybe this is a conversation we come back and revisit in yes know, in seven eight years. Yes, and listen to this pod again and like, oh man, we were so wrong about that. And, you know, like you know, <laughs> almost for sure that. Will yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, hey, before we wrap things up here, as always, thank you so much to the sponsors of the Tech Connect podcast, our Tech Connect program. We appreciate your support so that we can sit here and ramble about forward future concepts that no one quite does seem to understand you know we thanks for thanks for helping out with that we appreciate well, we just that. clarified it yeah exactly <laughs> there you go i hope somebody hopefully somebody out there got something useful out yeah. it. and if you did tell us about it we, we that, would, that would help us out a lot it would help us out um, give us your thoughts share your you know insights if you have your own thoughts on it if you're thinking like web3 is brilliant or like no this is wrong or here's the Here's the internet I've created. Please join me at you know, www.253-whatever. Uh, if you got that stuff, feel free to share with us. Uh, you can, one, 
we always want to hear from you about you know, your topics and your ideas for the show, yes. discussion points, things you want us to get into, or if there are other nebulous concepts like Web3 that you think we should be spending some time talking be about. Be like Cordy. Yeah. Make the suggestion. Exactly. We won't maybe, necessarily bring you on. Maybe you want to hear a little more about it and you don't quite understand it, or maybe you just want to laugh at us trying to understand it. There you it. go. That's the bar. Uh, yeah. Send those in. There's always a link in the show notes where you can drop those topics to us. Just for sending it in, we will send you a TechNeck Podcast t-shirt. Boom. Just That's all you got to do. You send in your idea. Soft, you comfortable. You get a t-shirt. That it's as simple as that. There's not so many yeah. easier transactions than that. You know, it's just it doesn't cost you anything but a few seconds of your time to make some make some letters, string them together into a coherent sentence. Spring is coming. Everybody needs a t-shirt. Yeah, right? there you go. You need a new t-shirt exactly. for spring. So. <laughs> uh, so, so do that. We'll send you a t-shirt. If we use you on the show, we'll check in with you. We'll shout you out. Okay, I may not drag you on the show unless you really want to be. But mostly we'll just, you know, we'll let you know, let everyone know that this idea came from you. Uh, and as always, of course, if you want to stay in touch with us, share your ideas with us, let us know what you thought about any particular episode. You can always find us by email at techconnect at bluestarinc.com or find us on Twitter at techconnectpod. All right, let's wrap things up here. So value to the VAR is a little harder to do than yes. usual here. Because, you know, there's no tangible direct link to our VAR community just yet here. <laughs> but, you know, let's let's maybe do a little brainstorming. Does this mean anything to our channel yet? Uh, if this did come to pass or some new iteration of the web or some decentralized version, mm. does that mean anything to our VARs, to our channel? Is that going to change anything about our business at all? I've got some stretch points. Okay. I'll, I'll do my best to try to tie them in here a little bit. So we, we referred to both of these things, which is, I guess I'll keep in mind that our customer base, the VARs, the MSPs, the ISVs, there's a lot of diversity there in those types of businesses. Right. Meaning we think about them in our minds and we think you know, in, in certain ways. We definitely have some customers that are marketing agencies that get asked to come and do different things right. for their for their clients. And all of a sudden they're, you know, dealing in corporate communications and digital signage and things like that because they were asked to. Um, definitely there's people involved on the data center side and networking side of things. So we referenced that if a Web3 were to blossom and data centers became smaller and more localized or whatever, perhaps that's a managed service that people would have yeah. to provide. So there it's you something go. worth keeping an there eye on. If everyone isn't relying on AWS anymore, then maybe that, that creates an opportunity. Then the second one is, and this is less of an opportunity <laughs> and more of a start thinking about this, meaning mm -hmm. if data privacy continues to become a bigger and a bigger issue, like it mm -hmm. has for our European team for years, yeah. one of the things you do need to think about is more broadline marketing and brand building and how you do that in a way where you can't be hyper-targeted with only the people you think that matter. You have to put your bat signal out there so that people know at the basic level what your company is and what you do so that they can find you, right? Because if we start really focusing on privacy, then people are going to, we're going to rely on people finding us, right. which means we still have to advertise. We're just going to have to do it in a more Figure out what, school yeah, right? TV sort of method where it's, mm -hmm. uh, I, made this point. I may have made this once before, this the same point on this podcast before as well, which is that there is benefit in, and I, I'll use the same example I used before, there's benefit in marketing a BMW to people who will never buy one because the value that it holds in their minds is important for the people who can, mm -hmm. if that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. For sure. Having yeah. a BMW isn't as cool to someone who can afford it if the people who can't afford it don't go, ooh, look ooh, at that. Right. right. So similarly, <laughs> everyone needs to know about your product and then you know the people who actually need it can come mm -hmm. and find it or who mm -hmm. want it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It's my I'm, best attempt. Yeah, really. No, no that's actually... 
you brought a lot of context in because for me, it's like, <laughs> no, this is not near term at all. There is like no worry from a channel perspective. Right, right. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything to us. Uh, although, you know, blockchain has obviously <laughs> got to run, you know, a couple of years ago in the channel. And there are certainly certain um, manifestations of it in healthcare and stuff like that where it's meaningful to, to bring that technology and embrace it. But I wouldn't worry too much about Web 3.0 if yeah. I was like, if I own my own company. Yeah, I, I kind of like. I don't know that it's going to have a kind of the Cordy's effect. point. I thought about it from the marketer's perspective, and I was like, man, you know, this is something that could be hard for marketers. If, oh you know, yeah, for if, sure. If trying to advertise, absolutely. But then the other part of it, I thought as well. You know, I feel like a like something that's decentralized, where you're not relying on the data collection, you're not relying on the targeting. You got to get that much better at content. Mm. You got to be that much smarter about mm. what you're saying and putting out there, mm-hmm. and you got to have some of the best stuff in the biz in order to get people to want to follow you and pay attention and. and you know, attract their interest. Creating worth of, word of mouth through in-person exactly. events and experiential stuff. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you, I think you have to be at the top of your game. You can't just go out there and just spray a bunch of ads and, you know, hope you get some people. There's, you know, there'll be some... But again, that also still comes back to a haves and have-nots kind of thing. You know, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do you have the capability to do that in a world where you have no other choice but to do that? So... <laughs> So yeah, for now, conundrum. I'd say for now, there's probably nothing too much that our well, our bars need to be super concerned about this. This is just more of a understanding, yep. understanding what this is and yeah. what it could mean yeah. in the future. But Here's the precursor. Probably, that's right. probably one of those things that's not going to have a huge impact for quite some time on us. Yeah. All right, let's wrap things up as always with what's tech connecting with you. This is a uh, yes. fun part of the show. We get to talk about something in the world of science, tech, yep. innovation that yep. has got our attention, caught our eye. Cordy, I'll let you start what's tech connecting with you right now. So we've got two, and I've got one that I'm sure has come up already. Is it? Has anyone mentioned oh. ChatGPT? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm glad and, I had to. And, to and as a sneak preview, that's part of what Jody's going to come on and talk to us about when oh, she cool. joins us in a few oh, weeks. So, okay. Right. Talking my whole AI marketing stuff. Got you know, it. Yeah. yeah. Get, I wanted to get her thoughts on that. Very okay. nice. And in, and I'll just say this two things quickly, and then I'll actually talk about my my one. ChatGPT is never available whenever I try to go to that question. <laughs> it's always down. And I said this to you the other day, Dean. It's like, I know yeah. people are building tools on top of it, and there's some really cool. I actually downloaded a little carousel from LinkedIn the other day that someone had posted about like oh, the, you 20, were showing it. Yeah. the 20 coolest tools. And I mean, some of them are like, you can get up and give a presentation to like a uh, virtual audience and just really, really cool stuff. But what I'm going to talk about is not as cool. It's just it's got my attention, which is a tool called Notion. I don't think it's really new. I believe it's been around for a few years. Mm -hmm. And what it is, what it's being used as uh, primarily is a project management tool. But people are using it on an individual level as well. Students in university are using it for like tracking their assignments and their projects they're working on and their class schedules. It's really neat. There's a free version of it. There's a paid version of it. I'm not even sure where that line exists between, you know, features, functionalities. But it's really neat. And the big difference is between Notion and something like a Monday.com or any other project management tool you would use is when you sign into Notion, you're basically staring at a blank page. Mm. There's templates that you can build from or mm-hmm. you can just start from scratch, which again, most people are probably like, why in the hell would I want to do right, that? Yeah. <laughs> but what's cool is that it is very intuitive. You type slash table and you've got a table and it's like, what properties do you want? Do you want it to be a drop-down or a checkbox or a huh. formula that rolls other stuff up? And right. again, I'm a technical user in some ways, but I'm not a coder. I'm not a programmer. I have built exactly what I wanted and nothing that I didn't. I didn't have to go and hide a bunch of properties oh, really? or anything like that. Yeah, yeah that's kind of cool. And I've got like this. I mean, I built it in like a day. Mm-hmm. And then I spent a couple more days watching YouTube videos from experts saying, hey, you can use this little automation to grab all of your YouTube video plays, likes, and comments and have them calculate. Or, you know, there's a bunch of cool different things you can do with it. So 
Notion is a cool little tool. And I guess the best way to sum it up is it's a project management, task management tool where you can build exactly what you need and it's very intuitive. For someone who's, you know, a little bit savvy, let's right. be honest. The yeah, yeah, person yeah, yeah, might yeah. go, I don't know what the heck to do with this. But, <laughs> you know, simple database building they've made really accessible and it's pretty neat. Oh, that's cool. Notion, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think you it. sent uh, another thing uh, to the team recently about uh, utilizing it, right? Jasper. Yeah. Jasper that's AI. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Haven't a chance to look at that yet. All right. Mine's not that cool. But, okay. They, but here, do you have rhythm? Do you have rhythm? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hold a tempo? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Did you know the calibrating rates of information delivery into your brain to match the brain <clears throat> tempo can actually make you smarter? So this is the article that I read. First of its kind study, delivering information in sync with your natural brain signals actually speeds up your learning. First off, I didn't know that I had tempo in my brain. <laughs> I didn't know that either. As a drummer, I should know that I've got to, right, right Marco? Right. I should have known that I have this. But but anyway, so what they do is they put, you know, they put the normal, whatever, the sensors all over right. your brain and stuff like that. And they give you your wavelength patterns. And then they serve information visually in time with that. And by okay. doing that, you actually, they've proven, it, it's, I think it's three times, uh, let's see here, I think you, you, your, your ability to, cognitive ability to retain that is like three times higher if it's served in the same tempo of your brain waves. I so, wonder, does that have anything to do with why like, I love to like, listen to music when I work? Maybe. Like, I'm, Could be. I, I feel like I work much better sometimes when I've got music. Yes. Well, I'm, well, I I'm listen going. to podcasts at one and a half times. You're one of those. Oh, you're, yeah. yeah. You like you got to you got to hear it. You know, it's sped up a little bit. The speed, in yeah. my head, I'm like, I wonder uh -oh, if there's something uh -huh. to that. It could yep. be. Yep. Because yep. it's not like I'm, you know, lacking time. You I do just, strike me as a one and a half times guy, though. <laughs> and I, I just wonder, maybe that's more in sync. I'm so curious. Someone's probably listening to this pod and going, "Oh, I thought he, we, I was on one and a half times." Oh, you know what's funny? Yeah. People sound smarter the faster that they're speaking. When yeah, you turn, yeah. like, when I turn people down in normal speed from time to time, where I accidentally do it, I'll be like, "Why is he?" Oh, this is normal. Right, they right. seem not slow, but slower. Right. So but, it makes you faster as well to, as a learner. So the learning rate for those locked into the right rhythm was at least three times faster for those groups than than that weren't in sync. Interesting. So that's, that's kind of so cool, cool, right? That's really. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. now it's now now I want a brain monitor on Same there. And it's here. like, what is my what is my wavelength, man? <laughs> right. What's my should I be at one point two x instead of one point right? five? Right. I, right. I want to learn. I want to learn faster, smarter, whatever. So maybe now we're gonna, all going to start walking around with these. Well, of course, we're already there with uh, Elon. He wants us to have Neuralink, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just going to feed us their brain. You know, so I thought it was my hope that they could just like give you your rate, and then you could have some idea yes. of like, how quickly you need to consume information. Yes, right? There <clears> you yeah, go. Next time I'm in a meeting with Dean, I'll be like, Dean, you're going to need to speed this up to get to my <laughs> tempo, buddy. Come on. Right. We've got to get in rhythm. <laughs> I'm very interested in this. That's super cool. Uh, anyway. So uh, what's that connecting with you, I'm John? I'm imagining Marco in the background. Yeah. Throwing the, the speed, speed it up, up side. Speed yeah. up. Yeah, We're, we can never get as fast as Marco's tempo wants to no. be. No. All right, so for mine, uh, let's let's bring another science fiction concept to life. All right, sir. Um, remember uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day? Yes, I love and, that movie. Uh, it's the, a great uh, movie. The the new iteration of the Terminator that showed up in that film, Robert Patrick playing the T one thousand. Yes, which was a liquid, liquid. metal Terminator. Yes, yes. Can, you know, change form, meltdown. Are we there? Are we there? Well, apparently we've we've created something no. similar. 
Uh, so some scientists have uh, created a, uh, a tiny robotic system that can turn from solid to liquid and back again. Using the magnetics? Yes. Okay, I did magnetics. see this. Yes. yes. Um, I'm going to put the link to this in the show notes like always. What's hilarious is the little concept video they do. They create it shows like a little guy. It's like almost looks like a little <laughs> Lego guy. It is totally and they, a Lego And they literally, dude. even though they said they were not inspired by the movie, they, you know, they were inspired actually by sea cucumbers. They apparently can do this, like oh, you know, really? kind of liquefy and change their form and reform again. Did not know that. They mm-hmm. modeled it by creating like what looks like a little prison set, kind of like from the movie, <laughs> where the <laughs> the little Lego pieces on one side yes. melts down, goes yes. through the bars, basically drops into a mold where it molds it back into its shape. And then once it's molded reconstitutes. Into its shape, it reconstitutes and it stands back up essentially. They built a robot that can do it, these are it's it's basically tiny robots that are in a suspension liquid called um, it's gallium, which apparently has a um, a a metal with a very low melting point of just 86 degrees. So it creates a substance that flows more like water than other phase-changing materials, which are more viscous. That's so weird. So it's mini robots. That How are, many? Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're microscopic, probably. Oh, you know? okay. They didn't really say... I don't think you thinking about else. Big Hero 6. You guys ever <clears throat> see that movie? Oh, yeah. Love that movie. It's such a cool movie. Yeah, love it. Mm. Just yeah. watched that this weekend, actually. Have you seen it? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's magnets. It's it's you know it's something that's got its own internal melting structure, basically. I mean, you know, and again, we're talking about something that's like super slow. But they've also come up with some some interesting concepts of how it can be used to solder circuits, deliver medication, and one example showed it clearing a foreign object from a model stomach. Ooh. So there's different ways they can use it. Kind of like like a sort of sort of form of nanotech without being quite that small necessarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and using the you know potentially liquefying aspect. Another Another thing to mention is a universal screw melts into a screw socket, solidifies with no actual screwing required. There you go. That, that is, I like. There is a practical example. Give me I one like. of them. I love that idea of like you, you no just have to... something that just kind of oozes out of, forms yeah. whatever you need, you do what you need to do, and you're done. Yes. Listen, you no longer need the two different screwdrivers. Yeah. But it's 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. Never mind. I just want I want the one that replaces the socket wrench set where I have to like come up with like because yes. I'm sorry, I'm never gonna be that guy that knows mm. which one is the one eighth and which one's the this, yes, that, or whatever. Yes, like, yes, I'm never I'm never gonna be that person. Just, just give me the one that just forms right around it, <laughs> tightens up cool. and lets me just do my job. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. The video is a little weird though <laughs> on that. To watch the little dude melt. Yeah, it then is. Then he goes out yes. and then it's like, you know, it's like stop animation it is, is what it yeah. is it's like any right i do recommend checking it out it's a yeah. little creepy they, they should have set it to terminator music in some way you know real quick big hero six uh, they, this guy developed something called microbots okay right? little right. tiny robots that can form to create anything oh uh, right? yeah form and become a construction yeah. tool yeah. that builds yeah. Yeah. really cool very neat concept yeah. So no very yeah they're there at mit one of my tech connectings was that voxel voxel you mm-hmm. know which is yep. it, you know, it's, right. it's actually about the size of a rubik's cube is where they're at today but this voxel can build into whatever you tell it to and it's just it'll create other voxels <laughs> and you know you yeah. need a wall. You need. A, they were doing stuff like that. Right. But yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's like the foundation of what you just yes, said. What's this is. movie called again? Big Hero Six. It's Big a Hero Six Disney thing. film. Oh yeah. yeah. Animated Disney film. It it's fantastic. actually based on a Marvel property. A very little known Got Japanese it. Marvel property. Yeah. But yeah. Was that the stuff. big balloon guy? Baymax. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. yeah. I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. 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 We bought that one, and I've watched it many, many times. Love, love kids are like, it's okay. I'm like, get out of here. I'm watching the movie. No doubt. <laughs> so exactly. All right, we got to wrap it up. All right, that's what's tech connecting with us. Uh, until next time, go out there and blow up the internet. Uh, watch out for little liquid robots that might stalk you because you are the mother of the future liberator of mankind. I don't know. <laughs> As always, please stay connected.
TechMeg Podcast is brought to you by Elo. Being self-service has never been easier. That's true. Yeah. You think? I, I mean, I, that's what the ad says. So yes. yes. <laughs> Introducing Elo's Wallaby Pro kiosk stand. Look, the Wallaby Pro is changing the industry by making it easier than ever to configure interactive self-service solutions. Choose from wall, counter, and floor models engineered with configurations to fit any space in retail, restaurants, hospitality, healthcare, and corporate environments. That's like anywhere right there. That's pretty much. Pretty outside much of your house, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you could, you could put a Wallaby Pro in your house. If you wanted to. I don't yeah. know what you do with it, but you could you could put one there. I mean, yeah. You would be happy to Other sell than it. that, we got you covered. Yeah. yeah. So just add a 22, 24, or 27-inch touchscreen display. I can see my wife appreciating mm. Wallaby Pro. She'd go order up to her dinner, you know. Yeah. Send her dinner order to me. Yeah, like, here's what I want, honey. Thanks a lot. Great. Did you put your payment in? <laughs> <clears throat> I'd probably get a nasty response. Yes, to you that, would. Though. Yes, you would. Anyway, <clears throat> this ad's going off the rails. You're looking for more options? How about a custom branded backer board? Uh, a ceiling pole to minimize footprint. Add a printer, ADA keyboard, assist button. You can use Elo's Edge Connect to attach accessories. Oh. And that Wallaby Pro stand offers easy-to-access concealed housing for a power strip, power bricks, compute devices, cables, whatever you need. Boom. I don't understand why you would pick another kiosk. No, no. The modularity, it's beautiful. Yeah, you're exactly. done. It's all you need. So if you're ready to help your customers design the most customizable self-service solutions, start with the Wallaby Pro. Contact your ELO representative to learn more. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. All right, every task worker without mobile access to relevant information is forced to take a lot of extra steps and time to complete their tasks. Oh, man. Mm. I just think about it, how brutal that is. Oh, that, you know? Yeah, having to do exactly. that. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, I just I just need to know where this particular mm. label is. Yeah, but I got to go to that office and that file cabinet. Yeah. And, oh. and then they're going to tell me I'm in the wrong place. And right. I'm the office on the other side of the building. Yeah. Yeah, Aren't no we problem. beyond that? We're beyond that. that are, I hope so. Well, I mean. I With this solution, we are. I think Zebra's got an idea. <laughs> So that erodes operational efficiency. So connecting disconnected workers is easy with Zebra's WS50, the world's smallest all-in-one Android Enterprise class wearable mobile computer. All right, this device, Dean, it's, it's rugged. Yes. It's modular. Yes, love that. It's at home everywhere. Yes. From manufacturing and warehousing to retail and hospitality. Oh. Maybe, maybe this one doesn't also go to your house either. I mean... Yeah, but it feels at home in any of those environments, okay. right? You yeah. probably don't have a lot of reasons to use that. Yeah, but the other one's a good yeah, point. It's okay. Feels at home. I like that. That's good. <laughs> feel like you're just at, like you're at home. It was built for it. Yeah. Bingo. Try selling that to the workers. Yeah. Uh, it's a versatile computing core with a modular design that lets users choose the right amount for the job. I'm sorry, the right mount for the job. Or mount. Or I mean, mount. Maybe you want to yeah. wear five of these things. I don't know. You could. You could wear it on the wrist. You could wear it on the back of your hand or a two-finger version. The WS50 mobile computer is small but mighty, packed with powerful business class voice and data features that drive productivity and accuracy with every task. It is lightweight and ergonomic, comfortable and never in the way. Plus, with no host device required, the WS50 is the first of its kind, offering powerful data capture with all-in-one Android device simplicity. Boom. This is like this is like uh, you know, James Bonding. Yes, maybe more like Get Smart type yes. stuff from like the '60s and '70s. Yes. The gadget on your Autonomous wrist that does everything. Scanning and, ring. Yes, and there you go. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. Just, it's pretty cool. It's cool neat technology. Who doesn't want this kind of stuff? So check out the link in the show notes for more information and helpful resources to sell the WS50.